Let the girl go, punk. Oh, let my baby go? I can't do that. This is my baby. <laughs> this is my prize. Come on, Tom, you know I can't do that. Just let her go. Then it would be just you and me. <laughs> Come on. Make my day. Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam for another Dirty Harry discussion. We are continuing to hold down the fort, uh, and we'll get back to the horror podcast soon. Uh, this time we're on to Sudden Impact, which is a 1983 uh, Dirty Harry film, and this one is directed by Clint Eastwood himself, so it's kind of a unique entry in the series. And the synopsis, which I'm just taking from IMDb, is a rape victim is exacting revenge on her aggressors in a small town outside San Francisco. Dirty Harry Callahan on suspension for angering his superiors is assigned to the case. Now, another significant thing about this particular Dirty Harry movie is this is where Go Ahead Make Make My Day comes from. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think it's from the first movie, but this is, this is where it actually comes from. And this one was actually really popular when it came out. Um... Uh, I also wanted to mention, because I didn't know that this existed, but apparently it does. There is a full-length special episode of Siskel and Ebert devoted to Dirty Harry, where they just talk about... They're not oh. reviewing individual Dirty Harry movies. They've reviewed them in different uh, different episodes of the program. They just talk about Dirty Harry and why they think it's successful and some mm-hmm. of the elements of it as a series. And so it's an interesting discussion. Um and I didn't know it existed until today, so I would, and and you should be able to find it just Googling on YouTube, and you know you'll eventually find it somewhere, I'm sure. So, uh, so Adam, you know, since I'm kind of the one dragging you through this journey, <laughs> what was your reaction to the sudden impact? Uh, I liked it. I I kind of rate it as like an average Dirty Harry movie, <laughs> just kind of like baseline. But I'd say the biggest weakness is, you know, basically Dirty Harry's kind of reached this point where they've he's he's never in any danger really for the most (laughs) part it just seems like yeah i've kind of got this boom casually taking care of things at the same time this has like you know it's like last you know like last movie they're at least kind of these weird you know kind of terrorist group kind of thing and now it's just like it's a gang of ruffians that he's up against this time and i don't know it just i will say in the ruffians defense at least (laughs) this time it's a group of like psychopaths that are all. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah. They're not bad. I just, you know, they, they just don't pose any threat to him. Is really. Yeah, there's there's almost like a that definitely declines. I mean, in the last movie, you did at least feel it because he had a partner who's you you knew might not survive, and so that added some sense of stakes to the movie. Yeah. Um And this one, he also has a partner that might not survive. And it's and and it's a really great appearance by that actor, but it doesn't matter if he survives it, or not. It's you know, so it's, detached from it, the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's like his scenes are just kind of there. But. So, here's what I'll say about this. I think it's uh it's it's one of the ones that I enjoy most. But mm-hmm. I think that's because it's got the best replay value of all the Dirty Harry movies. And well, I I oh go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, as far as it 
not having a lot of real suspense to it at all it is almost kind of like action movie comfort food you just yeah. kind of enjoy it you know it's yeah it's not going to get your heart racing or anything it's just like yeah i just kind of watch dirty harry doing his thing and so yeah that it, yeah. it's you know taken that way it's not necessarily a bad thing it's almost it's 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 like dirty harry almost self-parody but not so far that it is you know what i mean so it's like yeah if you it does, so, it does just stay on the line yeah i would say so so you get all of the dirty hairy ingredients that you're looking for it's sort of like watching commando do you know what I mean? it's, um, it's, it's 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 in fact it's exactly like watching commando with arnold schwarzenegger yeah. where yeah. you're never ever worried that arnold schwarzenegger is gonna die during the movie you know he's gonna save his daughter and all this stuff uh and you're you're strictly there for the eccentricities that Arnold brings to an action movie. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I want to see people get blown up in extravagant ways. I want to see, you know, him take out an army. And then I want to see a big bad fight at the end. And yeah, we're even in the same era of movies now. I mean that I forget what year commando came out, but it was, was like 85 pretty... or 86. Yeah. I think it was 86. It's within a year or two at least. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, 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 it's in a relatively close period of time. There's definitely, even the humor in this, even though there's humor in the other Dirty Harry movies, this, the humor in this is more 80s-style action humor. Mm -hmm. um, the the one thing I will say about the stakes that I think is interesting in this movie that you don't notice as much in the previous ones. Because in the previous ones, there, I, I don't know at what point it completely dips off. I think it's this movie, but I feel like there's there's a sense of danger in the other movies that you know declines but is still present and it's not really here in this movie yeah. um but what what you see just in re-watching it a bunch of times because we we, we were going to do this podcast a number of times and scheduling and everything happened so i ended up having to re-watch it about four times and i had already done my dirty harry marathon over the summer so i feel like i've seen this movie way more than <laughs> I'm i know glad i did this to you on the one you enjoy re-watching yeah the most. That's well that's kind of what prompted the revelation because <laughs> i was thinking i would not be having this experience with any of the other Dirty Harry movies, except for the first one, like the yeah. like, they're all fun to watch, but I need like a month or two between watching them. Do you know what I mean? Before I would want to go back and rewatch. And this one was plenty of fun to re because, in some ways, because it's messy, and you're like, wait a second, how does this connect to that? And so rewatching yeah. helps that happen. Um, I I, I got to admit, because I I had to watch it a couple of times for the same reasons, mm -hmm. and uh, watching it the second time because there are a lot of threads going on at the beginning of the movie, and I yeah. I was getting confused about what characters were part of what, yeah. and yeah, so it helped. And uh, and so, but 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 tied to the issue of stakes, I think is it's what you start to notice is in this particular movie, Dirty Harry seems to have a suicide wish. You know, if you're taking the movie serious, like on the one hand, you know, he's not in any risk of danger. So and, and the writer knows that and everybody knows that. So maybe there isn't really a suit, but there does seem to be like a death wish in how he's like, he's just like the scene in the diner. Do you know what I mean? Like that, like, well, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that that kind of leads into, I mean, you're, that's one way to interpret it. It's also, it's just. The feeling of invincibility in this movie is like, oh, he comes in. Everyone else has their guns out. He doesn't. He makes his little his, he makes his little quip about how he's going to shoot them. Slowly reaches for his gun. Yes, and still yes. gets off the first shot. And I'm like, and there's a guy with a what? fully loaded shotgun standing like this. Yeah. that like waits ten seconds to even do anything after he's shot the first guy. 
So, yeah. so I mean, and there, there's there's so many scenes like yeah. that. The one where he goes to the fish market and the uh, two brothers are there where he's talking to the the mother, and it's like the guy comes up behind him, and then, you know, when they do go to attack, he doesn't he doesn't hit Harry from behind or anything. No, he puts his hand on his shoulder, lets Harry turn around and punch yeah. him in the face, and you're like, what are you doing? It's it, it, yeah, it it, it just. I don't know, but go ahead. Well, and like I was saying, he definitely has plot armor. It's, it's as clear as day as plot yeah, armor. Yeah, it's just such but, visible yeah. plot armor. <laughs> but if you take the movie at face value, like if you say like, okay, Harry doesn't know he has plot armor, right? We know he has plot yeah. armor. This guy's got a death wish. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, and that would be yeah. that would be visible in Commando as well. But like, because this is still kind of a gritty 70s series, it really stood out to me in this movie. And I was wondering... Is that what prompted, and I'm sure this has been answered because the guy must have said in an interview what inspired it, but is that what prompted the concept for Lethal Weapon? Do you know what I mean? Like the, you know, it, this particular movie, I just was wondering if there was any connection there. It, it's Wait, what aspect of it are you saying? That if you watch it and you take it seriously and you, uh-huh. and you, you know that Dirty Harry himself doesn't know he has plot armor. So it's like, oh, it kind of looks like he has a death wish. I see. I Is see that the thing saying. that might have triggered the idea in the writer's head to come up with this suicidal cop who's very... I mean, the Lethal Weapon movies are so rooted in Dirty Harry. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, there's a definite it, connection there. I, I mean, like like one of the guys' name in this is Briggs. And I think in, in Lethal Weapon, what is his oh. name? Riggs? You know, it's, it's a... So... Um, but I was just curious about that. But, but either way, it was just the thought prior to the lethal weapon speculation, which is, again, uninformed, ignorant speculation that I, you know, I haven't done any research, uh, is that, um, you know, is that if you just rewatching it a bunch of times, like, man, he's got such a death wish in this movie. Like, like everything he's doing, if if you're taking it seriously, if you're taking the danger seriously, you know, he every moment of his life he could be dead in the next 10 seconds if he doesn't make the right yeah, move. I, you know? I guess, I guess the other part of it though, for me is just the way he has this supernatural intimidation ability <laughs> in this movie to an extent, like, yeah. like during the final scene, the big final showdown when he shows yeah. up with the backlighting yeah. and everything. And well, you know, you go with your death wish theory standing right in the middle of yeah. the street or he's easiest to hit. Yeah. And, uh, but, and there, but you know, these guys all act like, oh my God, they're terrified. And it's like, wait, isn't this the guy who just beat the crap out of and threw yeah. off the pier? Why are you scared? Why aren't I, you just shooting him? It didn't make any sense he, at all. Here's how I read that. It may, and I think this is not informed by this movie, but by other movies. Mm-hmm. I read it as he came back and why isn't he dead? And so now that's I why know, they're... You know, that, it, but, but it's, what's, it's a stretch to have like the, anybody actually react that way well, and oh, I figure that is what you're supposed how you're supposed to read it and that scene also stands out because he kind of embodies both dirty harry and the man with no name in that moment when he shows yeah. up do you know what i mean so it's like yeah. a, it's yeah, a definitely. it's like a weird coming together of these two characters it's like it is, a, I, I, it's I, almost, usually I like i like yeah. the scene the scene is fun i yeah. so I'm being really negative in this podcast, but it's it's fun. It's just it doesn't. There's just lots of things that I'm like, what? I don't know. But go on. Oh, so but and also in that final scene, the other thing that I liked about this movie where I feel like I feel like this movie kind of gets even though it does it in a very extravagant way. 
it gets back to the original Dirty Harry in a lot of ways. It's not as well crafted. It is it is in moments very well crafted. There are moments in this movie where you're like, oh, that's a that's a pretty interesting transition shot, or that's an interesting cut that they just went to. Um yeah. like when we when 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 the when the title of the movie is revealed, like when we know why it's called Sudden Impact. I thought that was a well done scene where he collapses on the carousel and he gets impaled by the the way just the way that it I don't know, something about the way the camera is it moves and the way that the shots are organized, it just worked. Yeah, um, no, that was that was well done, definitely. But uh but but also in that scene you get this uh repeat of this of the catchphrase from the beginning of the movie. And <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, go ahead, make my day. And he does the same thing that they did in the first movie where it has a different it has a different tone from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. Do you know what I mean? Where, you know, the, uh, it's, it's all, it's like, and, and it was way more effective in the first movie because, yeah. because the meaning is so much clearer in that, but, the, but, yeah. but, but it still is like, it, it feels like, okay, we're going to kind of go back to that. We're also going to go back to having sociopathic villains, which we have, <laughs> like, you know, we, we haven't really had that in a while. We had, um, we had uh, right wing militants and left wing militants, and and I remember like one of your complaints in the previous movie, which I think was valid, is that the the, the villains didn't really, none of them really stood out. The the, the only thing that they yeah. did to make them stand out was their costuming more than anything else, which you know that's fair, but it doesn't it, it falls flat of achieving what Scorpio had in the first movie. Yeah, and, no, I will say that the villains in this all did have flavor there was there was character yeah. to everyone including that this kind of side villains the gangsters were were, were yeah. interesting too and yeah so uh that that wasn't a problem like so they just they, they just weren't a threat to harry That's yeah all. no exactly <laughs> the, the only one that was even I, so i think the two that were scary were um were ray parkins and mickey those were the two that managed to actually be scary the, the rest of them were like just really starkly drawn characters i thought that were like efficient characterization, like the guy that owned the hardware store, something about the way he talked. I was like, okay, I know why they got that guy for that role. Cause the, the, the sound of his voice has just got this unique quality and that works. And, yeah. you know, the guy that was smoking the joint on the beach and, you know, his wife was mad at him cause he died reading a nudie magazine and he hadn't touched her. Like the, there were all these little things that told me so much about the character. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, but yeah, the, well, if, you, if you go back to the, uh, I'm, I, I'm getting the titles confused, but the one, uh, one with Tyne Daly, it's mm. like that one. Yeah. Like they can't, they started, they kind of did have characterization in like about the first third of the movie. Then it just disappeared, which yeah. is why it was so jarring. But this time, this time and they it, kind of stuck with it. And it kind of makes me wonder if maybe that's what, uh, what Clint Eastwood was trying to do with this movie was he was trying to address maybe criticisms that he had seen of, Earl, of other Dirty Harry movies where, okay, now I'm going to go back. And I'm going to, you like yeah. Scorpio? I'll give you, I'll give you two five. Scorpios or five yeah. Scorpios. Oh well, yeah. Now they're not Scorpio. Scorpio is like, you cannot, that's like lightning in a bottle in terms yeah, of villainy. No, none of them really even came close, but they were good. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite was Ray Parkins just because she was. So repugnant, uh, the redheaded woman with the um, okay, yeah. I was, I was looking at uh, yeah. my page here, and, she, and, and they would just call it. They called her all kinds of names during the movie to hammer home, you know, the, you know that the the type of character she's supposed to be. But I just liked that she's this like, she's this this repugnant lady, and is just like terrible and knows it. And yeah. she gets mad when the other people in her group aren't as terrible as her. You know, there's just like this, you know. She, the, 
she I, I she's like I mean on a non murderous capacity she does remind me of people I have known in the real world unfortunately <laughs> yeah she just did read as a believable person yeah. just a horrible just a horrible like just like I don't know but go on and so it's and also like you know the, it, it, it's it, the uh, the Mickey character is he. That guy is so hateable. Like everything <laughs> about him, he's sleazy looking. He's uh, his. He's just a psychopath. You know, he's got the. What's his line at the end? You know, oh, let my baby go. That line at the end is is just one of the best lines in the movie. Just the way he's saying it, and yeah, uh, he, he did a great job with it. Definitely, yeah. it's. Yeah. Uh, he's. I, I. I like to think of him as like a Leonard Skinner band member turned into a villain. Yeah, you just got that kind of vibe. You know, the and he's got so many great lines. What was the other one? Like, you know, is that so Lester boy? He's got like all these, you know, you know, this is this one's a freebie, you know, like just all yeah. all those lines. But then also the way that they the way that they turned it on him where she might have been bluffing, but like so the plot is, you know, this group of people rape this woman. The woman goes on this this uh revenge plot against them. Um, yeah. And so initially you think this woman is the villain, but really what you find out is it's this, this group of people that raped her or her sister that are the villains. And yeah. when he, when like, when the climax of the movie is happening and he like him and his men grab her and they have her on the beach again. And, you know, she's saying to him, like, do you think you can get it up this time and all this stuff? And you think back on all the earlier scenes in the movie and you're like, oh, is that what's going on with this guy? Like, you don't know because she might just be yeah. saying it to bluff him. But it kind of adds another interesting component to the character that sort of just ratchets up the psych, the psych, the psychopath elements a little bit more. Um, uh, so, you know, I don't know. I just I just uh, I, for this movie, the two things that I really liked about it are the the villains and the and just the replay value because of the tone of the movie and the fact that it's a long movie. Like, I think I called. I called an earlier Dirty Harry movie the longest Dirty Harry movie, and I was completely wrong because this one is like two hours long. Um, and this is also like th the movie doesn't really even start until about 50 minutes in. You yeah, know what I mean, it's a strange it's a strange plot structure, but it actually. Yeah, it really. It, it kind of works despite that. But I think yeah. it, it almost works because of that. And I think the reason <laughs> is the, the first several scenes are kind of like. They're basically having Her Dirty Harry do Dirty Harry things. They're the reasons why you come to Dirty Harry movies. And there's no there's no real concern about, you know, a damsel in distress or any of these things. There's not there's no uh, there's no real stakes until the middle of the movie. So it's up until that point, you're just kind of enjoying spending yeah. time watching Dirty Harry do things. Do you know what I mean? Oh, he made a he made a mobster have a heart attack and die, and now they want to come for revenge yeah. against him. You know? Well, yeah, really. I mean, all the you know all the sequels kind of have that Dirty Harry fan service scene near the beginning. It's kind of like they said, well, let's just have a, a fan service section of the movie this time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 I think I think because they indulged in it there was it wasn't like okay now we're gonna we're that and done that and done it was like no these are all individually crafted really well-made dirty hairy moments they're not necessarily like one of them is related to some stuff that happens later on yeah but for the most part like the one with the young punks that are that get off on the early in the on the case yeah. you know that's kind of set up so that they can both relive 
the dirty Harry moment where he doesn't have the correct evidence and he gets a lecture about the law, but also the, so they can have like the woman from the, the previous, not the same woman, but the same kind of woman from the previous movie, basically calling him a Neanderthal or, you know, you know, uh, you know, just get, kind of getting lectured at by the judge in that scene. But, yeah. you know, uh, but again, that, that, that worked because the, the guys that got off were, they were so over the top despicable. They were all so, well selected for their looks in terms of like oh yeah this guy's a bad guy just just by the shape of his mouth i know he's a bad guy kind of a kind of a thing um you know so it's kind of, it's like a dirty hairy highlight reel the beginning of this movie and yeah uh and it's enjoyable and so i think that's one of the things that really gives it replay value the other thing is this is one of the few movies that's not really set in san francisco the whole time so that also gives it in a way it's a departure. It's like, wait a second, should dirty Harry be going somewhere else? Like in, in, yeah, in they, this... they make sure to give you plenty of San Francisco, you know, spotlight locations before they leave though. So that's they're true. Still, still, they're still hedging their bets on the San Francisco. Thing. <laughs> no, they do. They do. But it just seems like, um, I don't know. I feel like, like I forget if it was the second or third movie, but I think in the second movie, uh, he, they he was getting out of his jurisdiction and it was like a problem do you know what i mean like he uh -huh. would feel, and i and i and 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 every time i watch this one whenever he leaves san francisco it's like oh she, i feel weird dirty harry's in another location it's it doesn't feel watching right this, yeah watching this for the first time it's it's like it made me realize like hot fuzz the movie hot fuzz i'm yeah. like hey that's that's the plot to hot fuzz that was the extent of the small town wow i finally get the reference not just that but there's so many like there's a lot of similarity like not a hundred percent but like the young cop that he befriends there kind of feels yeah. like the guy. Yeah, yeah. He's not no, the guy's right. son or anything. I, yeah, that's right. But also yeah. the way that like the chief is like really behind all like, you know, yeah. not the ma he's not the mastermind like he is in the fuzz movie, but it's similar. It's a similar kind of plot. And so yeah. I I do wonder how much of this one was um, uh, influential in Hot Fuzz. Uh, you know, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And yeah. So, yeah, there, there, there was a lot. There, there was a lot of connective tissue between those two. But also I liked, he's always getting thwarted by some, you know, upper echelon person in the police uh -huh. department. And I liked that this time there was like a, it was like, it was like they got the stuff that didn't work with the Hal Hallbrook stuff, but the stuff that worked with the other guy from the third yeah, film I, and they I brought it together. Yeah. yeah. They, they did. They did get that balanced well this time because yeah because he does for the, the first time you're watching the movie you're like god why is another another <laughs> chief who's just being a jerk to be a jerk and it's like oh okay yeah. it ends up actually yeah. making making sense and also this guy's having like almost like quasi meltdowns too like he's really yeah. loot like the other guys lost their temper but not in the way this guy is losing his temper like his... Thought, okay the first time you watch it like why is this guy so <laughs> yeah. furious <laughs> yeah he's like physically shaking he's you, yeah. like you think the guy you think that he's like trying to do to this guy what he did to the mob boss earlier in the film maybe when you first watch it you know yeah. like so yeah. uh but you also get the traditional uh lecturing back in the san francisco police station where the guy calls him a dinosaur and you know and all that so so yeah you know, yeah all your greatest hits yeah yeah what was it uh 
you're a dinosaur, Callahan. Your ideas don't fit today. It's just the way that guy said it. And it was the he was from the third movie, but I think there he was, was Yeah, there's definitely some really heavy handed dialogue yeah. in this one. It's uh at a lot of points. Yeah, yeah it, it, it I feel like uh the other th- this is also like peak dirty hairy, dirty hairy. Like uh if you if you watch this one and then go back and watch the first one, it feels strange because things aren't as exaggerated as they become by well, this that's, movie. That's why, as I'm watching these all in quick succession, it's like I still have the first Dirty Harry in my head, and yeah. that's why if this if this were just a standalone movie, I wouldn't be as nitpicky mm. about the fact that he's so invincible <laughs> and all of that. But it's like, yeah, I man, we've just gone far afield. From, from that one you like your, i mean i agree with you that this really is a template for 80s action movies going on where you just have a hero and you're just there to enjoy to watch the hero do their stuff and you know they're they're, they're gonna kind of roll through it it's a it's it's the most um it's like the most the dirty harry movie that's maybe most comfortable being a dirty harry movie if that makes uh-huh. sense which in a way can be bad because it doesn't have the internal conflict that you see in some of the earlier dirty Harry movies especially the first one where it's like yeah you know this is you know like that like again that football field scene is just like you know that that kind of encapsulates to me everything that the like all of the themes of the first movie that's yeah. not, I mean that's maybe in a minor way it's kind of present at the very end of the movie but not really this is dirty Harry being quite comfortable being dirty Harry and so yeah. much so that we that that the woman in the movie that you think is the villain initially, is effectively cheering him on, right? Like it's effect. It's it's like a, yeah. uh, it, 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 you know, th- th- this is it, so so. It, it, which again, I think fits in with the eighties. It fits in with the type of action heroes that we start to have in that era. Um, but it's a, you know, it definitely is a. Uh, it's a. It, it it it's still the the way I put it is it's 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 um. It's it's still dirty, Harry but it's like the most dirty Harry, but it hasn't quite jumped the shark yet. Like the, the well, I won't tell you about the next one, but um, yeah. and so I call it the, the dirty Harry caveman brow. You like, like uh, Clint Eastwood's expression on his face gets more and more extreme every dirty Harry movie. And you can explain yeah. that as the character getting weathered and more hardened. But the thing is, when you go back and you watch her, like if you go back and watch the scene in Dirty Harry where he says, well, I'm all broken up about that man's rights. By this movie, every time you remember that scene, you remember his brow being really furrowed when he says that. But if you go back and watch it, it's actually a very mild expression compared to the expressions he's using now. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the acting in it, like when. What acting note that uh, I have, like for the the first scene with him in the court when he's kind of watching the one where he gets, you know, the judge kind of criticizes him and everything. That's like just his his look is kind of like of indignant surprise, you know, when she brings up, you know, that the evidence was thrown out. And it's like it's just he's, he was too surprised by that for someone that where this kind of thing happens in every single movie. It was just like. You know, I could see a look of disgust, a look yeah. of just resignation, something like that. But I was just like, no, he, he would not be surprised. I, I yeah, I think there's a, there's consistency issues with the Dirty Harry character. Some like he's in a lot of ways he's unchanging, but in some ways there are like 
there's connective tissue that doesn't translate from one movie to the next. Yeah. And yeah. that one, I, I feel like what they were trying to do with that scene, with the, co- with the coffee shop scene, even with like the, the mobster scene is they were, they're trying to reestablish for people that either forgot about the first dirty Harry movies mm-hmm. because it's been a while. It's 1983. What was the last one? 1976 or something. I can't remember the date that the last one came out in, but, but it's been a few years. Uh, but also they're probably assuming that there are people watching this one that haven't seen the other. Cause again, this comes, this came out in 83. So VHS rentals aren't, you know, it's, it's like, that's still a new thing. Um, so I think they're just reiterating Dirty Harry doesn't always get the evidence that he needs. He doesn't know the no, laws. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's, I, we're, we're talking about a different era where you wouldn't just call up all five movies on your streaming services like yeah. I am. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. The reiteration is necessary. So all of that makes makes total sense, actually, in that context. But, but, I, but w- what that scene reminds me is that in the first movie, Dirty Harry is kind, he's kind of not a smart guy. Like, he's not stupid, stupid. But he doesn't. Ha- he doesn't seem to have in-depth knowledge of the laws that he's supposed to be no, enforcing. No, that's like that's a plot point in the movie. And Scorpio is clearly smarter than he is. You know I mean, that's mm-hmm. like a. That's definitely in, and that works for the film. And as in the next movie, they they make him a lot more intelligent. And by the third movie, he's practically a genius with the law. Like with that scene where you know he's quizzing Tyne Daly. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if this movie was trying to reset that and get back to him you know, not knowing as much as he's supposed to. But again, it would be, I, I do think it's a consistency issue where if you've been following him over these movies, he should have known by this movie to get, th- to, to have enough probable cause to, to, to search the car so that he doesn't run into issues. Um, but, you know, but yeah. for the purposes of the movie, it still works. Um, no, I, I agree with you. It's almost, as you say, it's been a long time since the previous movie. So it's, it's really almost kind of a soft reboot situation. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and they have to kind of like you know, and again, I think that's why they front load so much stuff. They kind of have to reintroduce Dirty Harry, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. That yeah, the, the whole, that actual whole beginning makes a lot more sense in that context. But uh, but the other thing too is that begin. That's a fun scene, like that, like because because one of the best scenes in the movie is watching him get lectured by the lady at the interview with Tyne Daly, where the woman you know is you know <laughs> winnowing the Neanderthals, uh, you know, moment. And this is basically that same moment, but it's also combined with the, um, you know, you know, I'm all broken up about that man's rights moment. And like all of those things come together in that courtroom where you, you just have like a, it's just like this, you, you can, you can see that and you can get a lot of what Dirty Harry's about from that scene. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and also I just love like a, the escalation, the way that like, you know, the, these guys get off. They're, they're, they, you know, they call him a fool in the elevator. They're like, they're kind of like, you know, giving him a hard time. So he grabs one of them by the neck and he calls him dog shit and he threatens him basically. And, and then it escalates even further with them going after him in his car. And they're like taking, they, at first they're taking baseball bats. Then they throw two Molotov cocktails into his car. He crashes, his car's on fire. He grabs the Molotov cocktail and he throws it at them and they, burn and crash into the water presumably they die we don't know because it doesn't even address that but it's just so it's so over the top and it's also it yeah it's, it's really letting you know early that like we're, we're not even going to try to be realistic yeah. guys and what's really funny is that is like a minor plot thread dead end that's like 
side by side with him being chased by mobsters trying to get revenge for yeah. his... and they were at the last they're at the last stage of writing the screenplay some <laughs> studio executive was like you gotta have a car chase with flaming molotov cocktails and and they're like oh let's just add a subplot and they threw that in there well and what's what's great about it though is it's like it's it's this over-the-top action that we got so accustomed to in the 80s Jerry. that's the that's yeah the, it is it it's, is it is very it's very action-packed for a dirty harry movie it's like you know like arnold schwarzenegger firing rocket launchers at jeeps kind of thing. you know what i mean <laughs> yes. um, it's like okay i i can check my brain out of the door i'm here to watch things blow up okay the car's on fire but but again i really do want to know did he arrest those men or did they all drown in that car because the movie does not address it you do not it find doesn't. out i assume they drowned but uh who knows the fact that the fact the camera just kind of lingers you know on the, the car on the water after the car sinks and you don't see anybody bob to the surface for me that reads as movie language for yeah they, they're it, dead. it does but then the music is like whimsical in the background and so it's like well wait am i supposed that feels a little too light-hearted because that's the kind of music they play when, like, when Biff smashes into the manure pile or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, yeah. But if somebody died, I want more serious musical accompaniment. It's a whimsical to... <laughs> death. That's going to be whimsical. Well, maybe what it is, is like Dirty Harry doesn't care and the music is reflecting his exactly. lack of empathy. <laughs> There's no one more whimsical than Harry Callahan. <laughs> He's just all jokes inside. That's why he's so stoic looking. He's just bottling up the jokes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 but again, it's 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 a crazy opening. It, it all kind of works, and then the um, and then you jump into this whole thing where it's like this. It's dirty Harry in a small town, yep. dealing with this sheriff that you know is secretly connected to the big terrible event that happened in the past and trying to conceal it and i don't know it's and it had and that sequence has things like a car chase where he hijacks an old folks homes shuttle and you have like these old people in the car and they're cheering him on and use you know it's and again i mean this became really common in movies but i feel like again this is kind of an early appearance of old people using young people language to, do you know what I mean? It, 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 well, it was, I don't know if this. It was definitely. A it wasn't the first '80s type yeah. scene to have that kind of thing where they're like, "Yeah, like the old people get up when they're yeah. walkers," and yeah, but uh, yeah, it, I, yeah, that was very '80s. <laughs> but uh, yeah, to bring up a completely random point in another direction too. Um. The uh, actually, let me check my notes. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember what the general topic was, or is it? Uh, is it? Oh no, no, it's uh. But yeah, I, I just it's just uh, uh yeah, it was random aside the uh the the line of dialogue uh the uh that she has about well, no who I forget who said it now. One of them said about uh 
revenge being the oldest motivation. And I just thought, I had to think to myself, it's like if revenge is the oldest motivation, what, what act are they avenging? I mean, that's a, a puzzle for you. Like if it's, if it's the, if it's the oldest motivation, what is the, what is the original? <laughs> what is the, yeah. What motivated the person to do commit the act that they're getting it's vengeance? Probably like a biblical thing I would assume would be yeah. what they were referencing, but <laughs> I don't know what the first revenge murder was in the Bible. I can't, you know, I, I well, the first revenge murder. I mean, because Cain and Abel's not really a revenge. Yeah, there's no murder. revenge murder there. Uh, that's like an envious jealousy. Yeah, my my biblical knowledge isn't yeah. that strong. I'm not kind of. I I just reread Genesis and I don't remember. So you know, yeah. it's, it's got to be in there somewhere. But who knows? Maybe they were going further back than that. You know what I mean? Maybe there's some kind of Mesopotamian, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, that that was the other weird thing about this movie is, in the previous film, he had such chemistry with Tyne Daly. Like that chemistry was some yeah. of the best that I've ever seen. And this movie, the woman who who plays her is um, Sandra Locke, who I believe was act not his wife, but like his um his common law like common law wife, I believe. I, I there was another term yeah. for it, like. Uh, yeah. But they had very, I mean, she's fine in the role, but they had very little chemistry, I thought. I don't know, which was odd because in real life, they presumably had a lot of chemistry. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a strange performance from her, definitely. I mean, she did. Uh, one thing, she did have a lot of really loaded, heavy handed dialogue, too, which yeah. I think. I think she kind of struggled with that a little bit because she was giving a good performance, but it was just some of those lines were, you know, a little bit much. But uh, oh yeah, like the uh, like the one where the woman says that you you it must give you great joy to like repair broken <laughs> old things or something like that at the carousel. That, that was yeah. some, that was really on the nose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that and then then her response it was like it sounded like it was supposed to have punch, but there wasn't enough juice in the line, so it, it just. Man. Yeah. 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 A lot, there was a fair amount of like one liners or things like that that didn't quite land in this movie as well as they should have. But on the whole, the writing was OK. No, in her performance, it was odd because on, on the one hand, it made sense because she's supposed to be this this rape victim who's been traumatized. And so I get the sort of vacuousness of the eyes oh, yeah. and all that. That wasn't the problem. Yeah. I, I think that was good. I think mm. she I think she was conveying things there. But mm. uh it's, and also she's a red herring character so that was the other layer that was probably like she's supposed to you're supposed to think she's the villain at first before yeah. you understand because they have the the backstory that happened and you, you kind of quickly learn the severity of the backstory but you don't learn all of it until the like it comes to the to you in pieces through her flashbacks and so you know i i i feel like some of it was also them trying to withhold information about her character until we know exactly what's motivating her and all that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but it kind of got meta, if that makes sense. Like, you, kinda, you know, <laughs> yes. Um, I the one scene where I thought they kind of had chemistry is when they're at the when he's drinking a beer with her and they're having a conversation. Only because it was an interesting conversation where you know they're kind of doing dirty Harry philosophy and yeah. they're both basically on the same page, but the the sort of what would you call it? Like the theory of mind thing going on for the audience is that she is starting to suspect that he might be there in order to investigate the murders that she's doing. 
and yeah. he doesn't know that she's the one responsible for the murders. So well, that was like, a good scene. I yeah. like that scene. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really have a problem with the chemistry level there. It was like, I agree with you. There wasn't. It, was, it just wasn't the I'm same. Like, wow, these two people really have chemistry. But it, it also wasn't. That was the opposite issue where you're you're watching something like I don't mm. believe what's happening between these two people at all. It's just it was just kind of neutral. Yeah, I could see. Well, and to be honest, if if we hadn't had the enforcer with Tyne Daly, I probably wouldn't have had this reaction at all. It's just the fact that there was such chemistry in the previous film. Yeah. That. To not yeah. have it in this movie was just noticeable to me. But but I think you're right. I don't think it was like bad. It was just very baseline and very even. And so um and it did have it did have some interest it had sort of like corny but fun dialogue. Like, you know, he he's talking to her about why he's there. She's probing because she's starting to think that he might have Mm-hmm. beyond her and so mm-hmm. she says do you have any theories and he had this great line was, somebody's doing some killing and i got a hunch it's going to keep on going it's just this, <laughs> i don't know why it's just it, i know uh, <laughs> so it, uh, it's like well do you think it might keep on like it's, it's like is it just this sort of dirty harry really stating the obvious i guess i don't know but uh um it also ties into the ending too, where he's like, "Oh, it's over." But uh, that's true. That's true. Um, and I did like the ending. I don't know how'd you feel about that ending. And to give the if people haven't watched this movie, at the end, he's kind of got to decide: like, am I going to arrest her, or am I going to like basically help her get off somehow? And because of the circumstances of all the murders, he's able. They were all done by one gun. He's able to pin them on the the Mickey, the the super bad guy that they dealt with. And so he kind of, you know, he. He basically, you know, it's clear that he's going to let her go. Um, yeah. You know, I don't and of know. course, that gun thing uh, you, you brought up earlier, the scene where he's talking, oh, yeah, this is a freebie. We're going to pin it on her. Yeah. And of course, that gun is used <laughs> to pin it on him. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's a lot of little things. There's a lot of like A appears here and then A appears here as well. There's like. Yeah, the scene I didn't with the pick gu- up on that until the second viewing. Mm. The second viewing, I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. Well, it's like, it, it, if you're, it, it, like, I noticed that and I noticed mirror. Like, I think there's like a noticeable scene with a mirror. And so I started thinking, oh, like, I got to look for mirror scenes in this mm-hmm. movie. And so, like, the thing with the dialogue where, you know, go ahead, make my day appears twice. But also the sister's in a vegetative state, but then the the, ta- the one of the attackers mm-hmm. is in a vegetative state. You know, there's like all these, you know, yeah. even even the things where there's a guy at the police station that's busting his balls there. And then there's a guy at the police station in San Paulo busting his balls there. There's all these like little things like that. So it's kind, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of neat. I don't know if it, I know again, I don't know if it's, uh, uh, I, I, beyond noticing those few things, I didn't really, you know, I, I, I didn't really pick up on too much more, but it seemed like there's a lot of that going on in the movie. Um, yeah, there's definite echoes. Yeah, that yeah, that's a better term, like an echo of uh, of an earlier thing that happened. Um, but also, there's the uh, I don't know why, but I like the line where he says, "You know, nobody puts ketchup on a hot dog." When the, the so this scene, I got that in my yeah, notes too. Yeah. So that well, that scene's so the so okay, the mo in this in this movie it, because it was a rape a rape rape crime that the revenge is for. She shoots them in in the balls and then she shoots them in the head every time, except when she kills the woman. She shoots her in the breast and then she shoots her yeah. in the head. But everybody else, it's 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 a shot in the balls and a shot in the head. 
And the first guy goes in his car by the beach. And when they show up to investigate the crime, there's this one cop eating a hot dog. And it's like the hot dog is like obscenely like poking outside of the bun in a way that hot dogs normally don't. And he's eating it grotesquely. And, and you're kind of getting annoyed. And so when Dirty Harry set reprimands him for not putting for putting ketchup on the hot dog instead of mustard, basically, it, you know, it's there's something like a little bit cathartic about him saying that because you've been building up this agitation towards yeah. the character. Uh, but it's also a whimsical scene because, you know, obviously there's been a castration and he's eating a hot dog. So it's just, yeah. you know. Um, wow, that, uh, that just struck me having lived in Chicago for 10 years. It's like a rule there. It's like, you know, if you put ketchup on your hot dog, there's something wrong with you. My, I, I actually, yeah, I think mustard is a much better choice anyway. So I'm, I'm okay with that. My, my uncle Ralph used to get like visibly furious when people would, would put ketchup on a hot dog. Like we would get, we would get in trouble for putting uh -huh. ketchup on hot dogs. That's how I learned uh -huh. to put mustard on a cup. So it's like ingrained in me. Like you put mustard on a hot dog. You don't put ketchup on yeah. a hot dog. And yeah. uh, I, I think uh, I, I, defi I definitely appreciated Dirty Harry's anger because he was he was angry about it. It wasn't like a, you know. Uh, and it was funny because the the, it, it comes out of a scene where he's talking about, well, what's getting to you, Harry? And he's like, well, it's not all the the, the, <laughs> yeah. the old ladies being brutalized by the, you know, it's not this. It's not, you know, you know, women being shot in the head and in, in broad daylight. You know, nobody puts, you know, ketchup on a hot dog. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, that uh, was so, good. But uh, but yeah, so I don't know any uh, any other thoughts about the movie is uh, I think we covered most everything here, unless I missed something. Yeah, yeah, yeah believe that's that's about it yeah yeah there's a um i don't know again i, I the, the first dirty harry is always probably going to be i mean at this point i can safely tell you the first dirty harry is definitely the best dirty harry movie um if if adam has stamina for the final and the, the God, least I've come this far yeah. i've come this far there's a the there's play. at least a good jim carrey moment in in the next dirty harry so that's something to look forward to <laughs> Um, all right you know you get yeah. you get to see some very interesting jim carrey material um i'm trying to think of other reasons why you'd want to watch this movie uh there's a very peculiar chase through the streets of san francisco i won't say a good chase just a peculiar chase yeah um, I, I recall that yeah. about the movie so so yeah but uh but, but anyways uh yeah this one i think is it's it's maybe like if, if if somebody could only watch one Dirty Harry movie and it can't be the first movie, this might be the one to send them to. Do you know what I mean? It's got it's got all of the elements of Dirty Harry, so it's kind of like a yeah. Uh, it's 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 I, yeah. Cause I I still think obviously the first one is the ideal, but this this isn't a terrible place to start. And uh and and I think um you know and again I think again my favorite. My favorite part of the movie is let oh let my baby go. I don't know why that that the some of the lines in this movie just have a they just have a a sound to them that works in the way in the way that they're set. Do you know what I mean? And so like that that line every time he says that I laugh. I can't. I it's like a uh, it's just a line that keeps on giving for me. And the same with like go ahead make my day. But that one is so ingrained in us as a culture that it almost doesn't, it doesn't impact you when you hear it the way, Oh, you know, let my yeah, baby go, yeah, you know, go uh, ahead and make my day was just a huge phrase, a yeah. huge catchphrase. Well, yeah. It's, 
it's almost a shame because I know I didn't see this movie the day it came out. I know I must have seen it like a few years later. So mm-hmm. uh, I must have, the, the phrase was already a big part of the culture by the time I saw the movie. And I think that's pretty true of anybody that watches this movie now. Like, I, I don't think any, you, it's one of those things where you can't have the experience of knowing what it really feels like to hear that for the first time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and what that means is you can't really judge. Is it a great line or is it just something that caught on for some strange, bizarre reason? Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Cause yeah, I mean, it's not like I, I disliked it, but it doesn't have any huge impact. It's like, Oh yeah, here's that line. I remember that. Well, you know what is, do you feel lucky punk is built on all these lines of dialogue that have like ideas in them. Do you know what I mean? And there's, yeah. it, there's something go like, and the way that it's utilized in the movie is important. Whereas this one, it's, it's, it's aping that, but it's just yeah. kind of, you know what I mean? It's, it, do, do you feel lucky punk is presenting a challenge to someone in a way that I, I don't know. It's, 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 uh, it's more powerful somehow. It's more powerful. He's also able to have that whole speech about the Magnum and the, you know, the most powerful, you know, it just sets the stage for the quote before the quote happens yeah. so that when you hear it, it's like there was all this buildup. And then, and then the way that it's used in the first scene where he's kind of, you know, taunting the guy and it's, it's almost like his, I don't know, it's his, like his weird effort to reform the criminal, I think. But in oh. the last scene, it's got this really dark, dark quality to it. Um, and, and, and in this movie, it's, it tries to do that, but it's like, well, he says it differently, but there's there's nothing really lost from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. And do you know what I mean? It's not there's no he doesn't go on an emotional journey that results in him saying it differently like he did in the first film. So that's yeah. why, you know, um, I, I'll say too one one difference between the uh, the, the films like the like, well, it's at the time it's basically when he says, well, he says, uh, you know, go ahead, make my day at the beginning and. It, it, I don't think it lands as well because you've got all the cop cars behind the guy. He's yeah. there. It's like, he's in such a powerful position that it just, yeah. you know, or I think, I believe it's just him and the, you know, him by himself in that yeah. scene in dirty Harry with the, do you yeah. feel lucky punk thing? Yeah. So it's a, it's a very different situation. Yeah, I agree. The one thing I will say about the line that's, that's like a reason it's probably good is that it's kind of it's 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 almost commentary on the first line where the first mm-hmm. line is like do you feel lucky and now he's saying like look i'm going to enjoy this if you you know yeah. it's he's fully embracing what he was sort of becoming in those first movies yeah uh, that's an interesting point so you so know it reveals a bit cuz like in the first movie there's the whole line where he says like, well, how do you know Scorpio's going to kill again? And he's like, oh, because he likes it. And then by the end of the movie, you're like, oh, maybe Dirty Harry also likes killing. Likes it. Yeah. yeah so I- um, so I feel like, and again, it's it's one of these extravagant, like he does not, there's no hesitation or remorse when he kills anybody in this movie. None. No. There's, there's never a flicker of it. Um, if there is, it's because he's worried he's going to shoot somebody caught in between, not because he's worried about the ramifications of, of killing somebody. Um, like, but in the first movie, when he kills Scorpio, there's like, there's thought in that final killing. Do you know what I mean? There's like a decision made. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. And and yeah, uh, I don't know. It's a, um, 
again, it's I, I I think it's a fun, dirty, hairy movie. It's a uh, it's weird because it's occasionally the quality is kind of odd at points, but there are these moments where it's like, oh, I really like that scene, or I really like how this shot was done. Some, um, there is some really good direction in this movie. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think any of the problems are more just there's like. Like you were saying, there's so many threads going on. It's like, whoa, like, like, okay, oh, now the movie's starting. Okay, you know, uh, but but in a weird way that works in its favor. So you know, I yeah. guess it's a wash. Uh, yeah, um, and I actually like the movie more after talking to you about it because I think I think my brain is still in the '70s watching this yeah. movie. And when you're putting it in perspective, yeah, it's 1984 and yeah. 1984 type action movies. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is. This is a pretty good action movie of that era. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, I think it's uh, like I know Arnold Schwarzenegger has said he he was most inspired by Clint Eastwood's Dirty Harry for his own action film career. And so, like, uh-huh. I, I feel like this is definitely the Dirty Harry movie where that that inspiration is most on the surface. Yeah, because you can, you know, and, and again, Arnold hasn't become the big action star that he, you know, Terminator's not for another year. And um you know, Conan well, wasn't in no, this. I think Terminator is nineteen eighty four, but it's still that's not really No, but this was eighty three. This came out in eighty three. Oh, eighty three. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, so so no, you're right. Terminator was eighty four, but this is still and, and even then, Terminator's not really an Arnold. It's like, not an Arnold yeah. film, no. You don't no. you don't get Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think, until about Commando. Commando is where Commando, I Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, that's what I remember is the first real Arnold film. Yeah, that's uh yeah, I would agree. I mean that's a uh, um uh and so yeah, I, I think uh I, I, this movie, if you think of it in those terms, it's just it, it's enjoyable on that level, I think. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, again, I would say to people. Uh, watch the first Dirty Harry movie. If you like it, continue with the series. You don't necessarily need to, you know, because I don't think that these are streaming for free anywhere. Are they? These are. Uh... I watch this on HBO Max. That's where okay. this is. OK, I've been buying them with every one that we do so that I oh, okay. so that I all so that I'll always have them on digital format, the Dirty Harry movies. Um, yeah. But uh, the other thing is, I would definitely say check out that Siskel and Ebert thing, because I, 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 I it's funny. Yeah, I was the I whole time we've been doing this. I've been looking for that kind of stuff because I'm like, oh, I want to find out more about how the movie was made or more about like what people were saying about it back when it came out. Yeah. And I and one of the first things I always do is look for Siskel and Ebert, but I didn't find this one. And then today I just punched this in like 20 minutes before we started. And I and I found a full episode of them just talking about Dirty Harry. And uh, it's interesting. They made a lot of interesting points and points I didn't think they were going to make, too, which I thought was even more interesting because um, they're kind of analyzing it. They're trying to answer the question, why is this popular? Uh-huh. And so, you know, it's a, uh, uh, it, was a good, it was a good episode. Um but yeah, so again, it's called uh, Sudden Impact. And you d- I will say this too. A lot of the other Dirty Harry movies, you don't know why they're called what they're called. Like, why is it called Magnum yeah. Force? I don't know. Why is he the enforcer in the Tyne Daly movie? That's why when yeah. we talk about the previous ones, I have to go, well, the Tyne Daly one, because I, I yeah. just instantly forget the titles the, after I watch these. The enforcer is so... Like, it would have been better if they just called it Dirty Harry 3. Do you know what I mean? Like the enforcer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but this one, sudden impact, like the moment that happens, you're like, ah, okay. A title that actually happens in the movie in a clear way. You, you, yeah. You have made it. So I will always remember the title of this one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Th- yeah. This is the easiest dirty Harry title to remember besides the first movie. Um, gotcha. You know, and, and I guess Magnum force at least has that opening scene with the Magnum 
it's kind of like a it's kind of like a Chang Che movie, but with a Magnum in front of a red screen. <laughs> yeah, um, you know. Yeah. But it's still, I, I still don't understand why it was called Magnum Force. Um, so yeah, so we'll let you go, and until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye.